How's everybody doing? Good. Hey, if you have your Bibles, can you please turn to Matthew chapter 5? We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to be camping there for probably the next three months, two months. Seriously. Um, So Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. As you guys are turning there, I just really want to say thank you guys for coming out. I know on a weekday it's kind of iffy, especially on a Wednesday night. Uh, But really, I hope to deliver God's word to you guys um, and and really um, for his spirit to do some work within all of us. And so if you weren't here last week, we're actually going through what you and I would call, or actually what Jesus would call, not you and I, uh, what Jesus would call the Beatitudes. Uh, This word, again, means blessed in the Greek. Uh, I think it's makarius. Did I pronounce that? Makarius? It means blessed in the Greek. And so when we think about the word blessed, um, I asked this uh, actually last week. When we think about the word blessed, um, our definition or how we associate this word, this one word, usually deals with happiness, right? What comes to mind? Happiness, uh, success, or enjoying some kind of good fortune. Uh, Yes, these are blessings, uh, but it's not uh, the blessing that's in this text. And to really clear this up for us, I think uh, it's important uh, to not ignore the facts. Uh, I came into U-turn 2018, and in 2018, here, there was a flood. Does anybody remember that? Big flood. So there was a flood here that caused devastation to people and their homes. Lots of things they had and owned uh, were destroyed, right? So now, let's, that's here. So let's talk global, right? At any moment, president can announce another pandemic lockdown. You already know how that went, right? You just turn on the TV uh, during that time, and real quickly, you see everyone that's been affected by it, right? People lost their homes. People lost their jobs. Savings gone. uh, Businesses down. So that being said, at any moment, we know things can go south real quickly. And if you've lived long enough, I said this last week, life can be unpredictable, extremely unpredictable. This is the world that you and I live in today, okay? So if we know this, I know this, you know this, unbelievers know this, I think it's crazy that we bank our happiness and blessings on things that can be easily taken away from us. And so right now, Jesus is casting actually a different vision of what it means to be blessed. And it, often, um, and it is oftentimes despite our circumstances, Rather, you're going to find out real quickly that these beatitudes are usually places that we would avoid in life. We don't like to go there. Talking about stuff, us talking about stuff like emptiness. I don't like that. And grieving. I don't think anybody likes grieving. See, these are not places uh, we like to visit, and I think uh, we would choose to rather avoid them. But Jesus is saying, blessed are you right? Blessed are you, as we went over last week, when you are poor in spirit, right? When you finally uh, come to the end of yourself, when you finally exhausted all of uh, your options, when uh, we have no other place to turn, that's where Jesus pronounces blessing over you. That's the blessing. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs and theirs alone is the kingdom of heaven. It's not blessed are those who think they got this, That's not what he's saying. Blessed are those. He's saying, blessed are those who know they don't got this. He's saying, congratulations. Finally, right? Finally, you've come to this place so you can clearly see your need for me. And this week, 
this week is blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are you when you enter into a time of sorrow over the reality that you and I live in today. Because it is a blessing for us to know how broken the world is, how broken we are, to mourn over it and to grieve over it. And it's there. Jesus says, where I'm going to comfort you and build you into people that have compassion for others. That's my outline. So that's the message. And I'm going to get to that. Now, I want to start off by saying this uh, this week. It's important for us to know is that as we go through each of the Beatitudes, these are not eight different kinds of people. You tracking with me? This is not eight different kinds of people. Rather, eight characteristics of the same person. And so if you look in the gospel, Jesus did not come for searching, uh, come searching for these kinds of blessed people. He did not come and say, where are the meek? Right? Where are the poor in spirit? Right? Rather, he came for us ordinary people. And over a period of time, is molding us and shaping us into these kinds of people. And it's not you who seek out to do these things. It's Jesus. So be encouraged because he's working all of these things into us in various degrees. Some more than others. You might be stronger in one beatitude than the other, but that's okay because we are all in process. Amen? Amen. So what we're going to talk about uh, tonight, uh, when Jesus says, uh, blessed are those who mourn, uh, for they shall be comforted, actually flows out of being poor in spirit. Uh, as we talked about poor in spirit last week, right, what Jesus was saying to us is that it is a blessing when we've come to a point in life where we feel we're at the end of ourselves. Now, what that end might look like looks different for everybody. It looks different for everybody else. Let's be considerate towards other people's testimony. Not everyone's story here is the same. See, we come from all different places, and I said that. Like, I'm sure we've traveled down many, many different roads, and yet, somehow, we took a turn that led us here. Like, we're here. We're here right now. See, they talk about Jesus really drawing, him, uh, drawing people to himself. And so in the context, this is what's going on. In the context of Matthew 5, this is what Jesus came preaching. The gospel of the kingdom, right? That the kingdom of God is near. That's the first thing he started preaching. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And while he's preaching, this is what he's doing. He's performing miracles, Performing miracles, healing the sick, casting out demons. Wherever he goes, darkness is being expelled. Whatever he touches, uh, restoring creation back into order. Like this is what started the movement of people coming from every city and region to now follow after Jesus to see what this thing is about. This is the good news. And guess where we are? We're in Kauai. That's a long way from Galilee. Right? And yet Luke mentions in Acts, after the resurrection, Jesus, same thing, talking to his disciples, teaching them about the kingdom, uh, that you will be my witnesses, not just in Judea, right? not just in Jerusalem, not just in Samaria, but to the ends of the earth. And guess what? You and I are the people at the ends of the earth. What? So not only has our lives brought us to this place, but God has graciously met us where we're at here. That's amazing. I don't know. I was, I, I was mind blown. That's amazing. Um, and guess what, right? He does not leave us there. He doesn't leave us there. 
See, last week I got to share with you a little bit about my story and where I came from. And I clearly remember uh, that moment on that Wednesday night service where I finally came to myself, right? Where I finally felt the weight of what it means to be poor in spirit. That me, being the God of my life, uh, was not working. In fact, I make a crummy God. And as long as I kept being the ruler of my life, it kept leading me to this place over and over and over again, feeling a lot of shame, feeling a lot of guilt, and I was tired, and I was weary, and I was over it. That's like to sum up what happened. See, we might come from all different places and spaces, but I want us to know one thing. Sin affects everyone the same. I'm going to say that again. We might be all from different places and spaces and age groups, but sin affects everybody the same way. And sin is not just disobeying God's commands. There is so much more depth to that. It's not just disobeying God's commands. Rather, disobedience, get this, rather, disobedience is my heart saying, I know better than God. Sin is basically saying, I make a better God than God does. My ways are higher. My judgments are better. And I say this because I love you guys. How's that going? Like, how's that going for you? You don't have to answer that. It doesn't go well for anybody. And guess what? Even to this day, it still doesn't go well for anybody. But this is the good news, right? What the enemy used, right, to destroy us and keep us from Jesus is the very same thing that Jesus used to draw us to himself. Tell me, not that, tell me, not, uh, tell me that's not what happens. Like, tell me he doesn't bring you here because of what the choices that you made are the same thing that the enemy was using. is the same thing that Jesus used to bring us to this place. And by the Spirit of God, man, we realize our judgments are not higher, right? My way is not the way. And to recognize that little seat that we're sitting on right here, that seat, that seat belongs to Jesus. And this is the good news. Even through our rebellion, God does not shame us. No, he welcomes you in. He says, blessed are you. Congratulations, are you right on? Are you finally, you've come to yourself. You know that you cannot save yourself, so let me save you. And so this is an invitation, really. This Beatitudes is an invitation for all of those who are weary and tired, looking for rescue, looking for redemption, looking for hope, looking for salvation. Blessed are you who are poor in spirit, for theirs and theirs alone is the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Amen. So what we're going to talk about tonight, that kind of flows right out of it. And I think it's really important that we understand what Jesus is trying to say about mourning and grieving. So let's read Matthew 4, uh, chapter 5, verse 4. Uh, Jesus says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, right out of the gate, real quickly, right out of the gate, I believe this beatitude is so, so important for us today. First thing I want to mention to all of us here um, uh, is that this beatitude, gives us permission to grieve, okay? It actually allows us to enter into the sadness and the sorrows we tend to find ourselves in. Uh, but what I naturally do, this is everybody, what I naturally do is hide and I suppress those feelings, right? Nobody likes those feelings. Now, my wife, my wife is excellent. My wife is excellent when it, you talk to her about it and she'll start crying. 
right? My wife is excellent when it comes to this area. Um, I'm not much of an expert at this. Instead, I'm actually more passive uh, when it comes to these things. I wanted to share just even um, about a several months ago, uh, my wife, uh, I think most of you guys know this, my wife was uh, pregnant with twins. Uh, real quickly, it was um, not uh, looking too good, like long story short. It wasn't looking too good. Chances uh, of our baby surviving were extremely slim, really slim. Uh, they had what you would call a twin-to-twin transfusion. It's like one out of 10,000 cases. And so what I did, as the months kind of went by, was keep a healthy space. I keep the healthy distance from forming any type of relationship with them, knowing that one day we're going to lose them. That's what I did. A healthy space. And so uh, really when that time came, uh, because of me trying to uh, kind of self-protect, I did, uh, not, uh, I did not allow myself uh, to feel the weight and the sorrow of the situation. That's what happened to feel the weight and the sorrow that my wife was actually going through. See, that was a big mistake because Pastor Steve uh, ended up having me give a message on that following Sunday. I had no, I know, Marina, I had no, I had no idea what I was going to say, so I thought to myself, man, what am I going to speak on? What I had, and so I decided to speak on what was going on in my life during that time. And if you guys were there, and as I spoke to the congregation about this matter, this specific matter, it was on the pulpit out of all places on a Sunday morning where I entered into a time of deep sorrow and grief. Like I couldn't even get the message across. See, where I felt the weight of the situation and the reality of what was going on during that time. And so as I entered in, it was there. It was there where the Spirit of God was present. And everyone after the service, this is what happened. They came down and gathered to pray, and they shared their own experience. That was an amazing time. But aside from this, what I've noticed about myself and the world at large is that, the, is, is, is that we try to suppress and hide not having to deal with grief and sorrow. But what Jesus is saying here is that from after being poor in spirit is now inviting us into this next beatitude. Blessed are you when you mourn, when you feel the pain and the heartbreak of this world. That's what he's saying. When you and I become vulnerable enough to feel the sadness of it. And the reason why I think this is so important for us today is that everywhere we look, people will have different kinds of coping mechanisms to not have to deal with pain and heartbreak. haagen coffee ice cream. Hey, that's my favorite. Just in case you guys were wondering, haagen coffee ice cream. I love it. It does wonders. Right? But it does not fix the issue, does it? And yet even our coping mechanisms, whatever you guys do, and I know you guys have them, even our coping mechanisms, as innocent as they are, can become lifestyles of avoidance. See, we live in a culture today that does not like the idea of sadness. That's the world that you and I live in. The culture says to pursue happiness at all costs. Right? Do whatever you want at all costs. As long as you're happy, disconnect from the world. Disconnect from reality, but at what cost? You see, what ends up happening to people is that they end up smoking a little bit too much. Is that they end up drinking a little bit too much. 
is that they end up watching a little bit too much. Right, you can close your eyes as long as you want to. It's still there. And I believe this is why people get angry and and anxious because they have nowhere to take their frustration. So right here, right out of the gate, first thing is this. Jesus is giving you and I permission to enter into mourning so that we may be comforted. And so the question for us tonight is, how does mourning look like signs of the kingdom? That's my question. How does mourning look like signs of the kingdom? How does mourning and sorrow present, represent that the kingdom has come? Because when I think about the kingdom that Jesus brought, I think about salvation, man, that's good. And when I think about the kingdom, I think about happiness, and I think about joy, and yet Jesus is saying that there is mourning and sorrow. And so there are three things, real quickly, three things. When I first got saved here, I kind of shared my uh, experience on that Wednesday night. The lady was speaking, and I, I got saved here. When I first got saved here, um, all I thought um, that needed to happen, um, all I thought um, that I needed to uh, get out of my life uh, was really I needed to get sober, right? If God can do that, if God can fix that, if he can heal me from that and sober my life up, I thought I'd be at the pinnacle of Christian living. That's what I thought, right? Like, I'd be at the top, like the people in the Bible. Man, was I wrong. Right? Nobody told me that over time, the Holy Spirit would ruthlessly point out all the little things in my heart. Tell me that didn't happen to you. Right? First we thought it was this, this, and this, and now it's this, this, and this, and now it's like this, right? And nobody told me this all the idols that I had in my heart, all the things that I would run to, all the anger issues I had, all the jealousy issues I had, all the insecurities that I had, and the list went on and on and on and on and on. And so God himself, man, this is what he was doing. He was exposing my sin and how far I've fallen short of his glory, how far I've fallen short of his image. That's what he was doing. And, I go, and as I got to spend a lot of time on the ranch, like I got to spend a lot of time on the ranch, right? This is what happened. This created a lot of space for me in my life to read his word and to get closer to Jesus. And the closer that I got to Jesus, the more I seen myself for who I truly am. Now, we do not compare ourselves to other people. That is not the name of the game. We do not compare ourselves to other Christian brothers and sisters to make ourselves feel better. That's self-righteousness. That's not how we do things. Rather, Pastor Steve says it all the time. I think he's been saying it for 20 years. If you want to compare yourself to anybody, compare yourself to Jesus. It's because when we look at the holiness of God and then we really look at ourselves, we realize that we are not where we're supposed to be but I want us to know something, that Jesus is moving us closer and closer and closer into that direction. And I want, this might change everything for you guys. We call this, this is called conviction. You guys ever hear that? This right here is called conviction. Do not despise conviction. When the Holy Spirit reveals certain sin 
in our lives, certain idols in our lives, and you start to feel that mourning and grieving over those certain things, do not ever think that God is shaming you or making you feel guilt. As I said last week, John, John 3.17, Jesus came into the world not to condemn the world, but to save the world. I want you to remember that mourning and grieving over our sin is born out of conviction. And as the Holy Spirit, which is also called the Comforter, pursues our lives, Jesus is inviting you and I into something better. Better than that idol. Better than that sin. Better than whatever you think you're pursuing. See, that's the life that he bought for us. And that's what he's inviting us into. The life that he's intended for us to have as sons and daughters. Amen? Now the second thing here is this. As you and I get to experience the gospel in our own lives, right, the freedom in our own lives, the liberation in our own lives, it really starts to help us to not just see the brokenness within us, but the brokenness all around us, right? So not just mourning over our own sin and uh, over our own condition, but also mourning over the condition of the entire world. Um, If you do ministry long enough, man, you get to see the gospel work in your life, but as well in other people's lives. That's what I've seen at the ranch. I've seen seen Jesus uh, set people free from drug addiction, like I've seen it. I've seen the gospel heal their marriages simultaneously. At the same time, healing them from drug addiction, wife on the other side of the planet, and, the, and God is healing their marriage and restoring all that was broken. And I've seen right there demons being casted out in Jesus' name. Tell me that's not signs of the kingdom. And so this right here should tell us that this world, the world that you and I live in today, is surrounded with people like this, fractured and broken by sin. I just want us to be aware of it. Which leads us to our third point. This is going to be a quick message, and we're going to have time to just mingle after this. Which leads us to our third point. First thing was what? Mourning over our sin. Second thing is mourning over the entire world. And the third thing is this, that this starts to create the compassion of Jesus. This starts to create the compassion of Jesus within you guys. And you can see this compassion that he had for Mary and Martha. Josh taught on that. John 11, the same thing. When Lazarus died, Jesus, what? He wept. The same thing, riding on Palm Sunday, weeping over Jerusalem for the people that would not receive the kingdom message. This is the same compassion that is slowly being cultivated in us when we enter into mourning. But we got to enter into it. Now, with all of that being said, I want us to understand that mourning and sadness is never something to dismiss in our lives. There are going to be times in life where things are going to get really, really hard. There are going to be some times in life where we're going to face things that are going to hurt. And my encouragement to you in a culture like this that avoids sadness, that doesn't like the idea of sadness, is to be honest about it. Seriously. Be honest about it. Hey, that hurts. Like, that breaks my heart. And that's okay. And I think I've been hearing this on messages, on messages, man. Churches have been saying, man, it's okay to not be okay. Just don't stay there. Because so often, this is what I see, so often I see people coming into the church and their response is this, I'm good, brother. 
That's their response. I've never heard anything else. How you doing? I'm good, brother. And their house can be on fire. This Sunday, ask somebody how they're doing. That's going to be their response. I'm good. And yet Jesus here, in this beatitude, for us as Calvary, is giving us permission to enter into mourning so that by his word, it's promised that we may be comforted. And as the Holy Spirit ministers to us, never, never ever does he take mourning and get us around it. That's called spiritual bypassing. Rather, God wants to get us through it. So this is very important for us to know. I want us to apply this because this is how we're going to comfort others in their time of mourning. Uh, we don't just sprinkle when we see somebody mourning. We don't just sprinkle a little bit Christianity. God is good. Uh, you're good. Everybody's good, brother. God is sovereign and he loves you. No, uh, this is what we do. Romans says, man, we rejoice with those who are rejoicing. And Paul says to mourn with those who mourn. And I confess, I'm trying to get better at that. Like even for myself, I'm trying to get better at that. The reason why I love the church is because when I got to share what was happening during my wife's pregnancy, not only did we all come together as a body to kind of pray for each other up here, because um, that's what we did, but um, a lot of other people started really speaking up about their own experiences. See, it started bringing people together. Um, and now could you even imagine what that even looked like? Like everybody in the front over here, it was a packed Sunday. I don't know, it had to be that Sunday. And to know for a fact that uh, this is what it is. Hey, if you're mourning and you're going through something now, man, you are not alone. Like, you don't have to go through those things alone. You don't have to hide it and pretend and come in here and project this image like you're some. No, you can come in here and be straight up honest. Oi. I think my prayer for us really as a church, as a Wednesday, I know that this is just one verse and I just kind of wanted to hit on this, but I think my prayer and my hope as a body um, together um, is that we would be a church uh, like that. I just really want us to be honest about our situations. I don't want us to come in here and project and be somebody we're not. Man, if I'm struggling with this, man, you can be honest. I'm struggling with this and I need prayer in this area. And I think so oftentimes we've got to put on this Christian, uh, Christian thing where it's like, hey, I'm going to come here, I'm going to be happy, everything is all good, man, when everything is not all good. And I think that is a dangerous place to be in. And so that I would, so tonight I just want you guys to understand one thing, that mourning is a sign of the kingdom. And that as we enter into mourning, it helps us develop the love and compassion for other people. And as Jesus says to us, blessed are those who mourn, for they and they alone shall be comforted. Amen? Amen. I want to just spend a little bit of time uh, with each other. Um, I think just to live, I wanted to leave a little bit room uh, just to pray for one another. Uh, pray for each other. Find that one person. Um, if you can, find that one person and just uh, get to know them. Talk with them. And if there's anything that you guys can pray about for each other, I would love that. I think that's kind of what I want to build here and what I want to start seeing in 2023 for us and to, grab, uh, to really grow closer together. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you, God, that you uh, show us, Lord, what, what's wrong with us. Um, 
And so that we can be uh, more like you, Lord, so we can recognize these things about us, God, um, and be freed from them. Father, at this time, Lord, um, as we enter into a time of prayer, um, I pray that we would be open with each other, Lord God, uh, that we wouldn't be shrinking back um, and that um, we would just embrace this time. If there's somebody going through something, Father, would you uh, put it on their hearts, Lord, uh, to open up about these things so that, um, as James says, man, confess to one another. I pray for one another so that uh, we may be healed. Father, I pray tonight, God, as, uh, as we fellowship and as we have time uh, to be with each other, I pray um, I pray that our speech and everything we talk about would be edifying, Lord God. And as we go out, Lord God, out of this place, out of this building, would you continue to build uh, the compassion um, in us, like Jesus in the New Testament, for unbelievers everywhere. And so we thank you, and we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.